catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. confidence my name is david merlin i'm your host nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice anything that sounds like that to you just consider something somebody else might do on a planet far far away where the law matters it doesn't matter here i've proven on a daily basis believe it it is february 13th 2016 the uh, email that went out for today's call contained the banner universal ignorance of the law has screwed the american people to an extent that is incomprehensible IRS equals illegal revenue streams. They're everywhere when you know more about code pleading. Don't be a patriot movement ignoramus. Graduate now. The truth about the law will set you free, American. And I'm not kidding. Ignorance of the law has led to the place at which we find ourselves. If you knew more about the law, you'd have confidence in the law. I have confidence in the law, and I found all my rights were codified a long time ago. I saw on InfoWars uh, just yesterday's video episode that uh, the Fed wants to initiate a program where they're going to establish a co-parenting relationship with you and your children. A federal public servant will visit your home and talk to your child to make sure you're doing a good job. And along the way, at about three years old, they're going to ask the child, do you think you're a boy or do you think you're a girl? And they're going to corrupt your children. They're going to come right into your home and corrupt your children. People that know the law, people who know their rights, would say, that violates my rights against forced association. I will not be forced to associate with a public servant. You will not come into my home without a warrant, period. And they're finding ways around all your constitutional rights. And we've got a generation that is ill-prepared to defend themselves because they don't know anything. So ignorance of the law, in my knowledge of the law... I don't know everything. The law will embarrass you in short order if you're not careful. I don't know everything. But what I do know is sufficient to address a whole lot of the problems uh, that people uh, contemporarily bitch about. If, uh, if somebody says, uh, gosh, you know, the, the teacher wants to teach my five-year-old against, uh, about sex. Well, why wouldn't you go to county superior court and get a restraining order against that teacher and call him a pedophile on the record? you got to be some kind of a pedophile if you want to teach little girls and boys about sex, Mr. President, and everybody on down. Why, would, why wait? Call him a pedophile on the record. Make it so unpopular to be a pedophile that they stop what they're doing. March 18th, 2013, the Chicago School Board announces we're in 2016 we're going to start teaching kindergartners about sex. And the president says, don't worry, it's going to be age appropriate. Excuse me, there's no such thing as age appropriate in the same sentence as sex when you're talking about a five-year-old. Twelve-year-old, maybe. Five-year-old, never. And they think it's a, there's a time that it's appropriate for a five-year-old to learn something about sex. That's a pedophile. Period. And so you go to county superior court and you make a big old bitch about it on the record with a bunch of other parents. Uh, let's see. 
they want universal background checks for guns and they try to override state law 28 USC 1738 28 USC 1738 is a fascinating statute listen to this and this is about ignorance of the law look what I can do with this statute under the Constitution there's a, a full faith and credit clause of the Constitution that says one state shall honor the decisions and enactments of another state to degrees states have autonomy from one another and they don't have to have full cooperation but like one state has to recognize the marriages uh, from another state and so forth most of the case law under that clause is about state decisions not state enactments which are state statutes but 28 USC 1738 has three paragraphs paragraph number one the acts of the legislature of any state territory or possession of the United States or copies thereof shall be authenticated by affixing the seal of such state territory or possession so the laws of a state shall be authenticated by affixing the seal of the state paragraph two <clears throat> the records and judicial proceedings of any court of any state territory or possession or copies thereof shall be provided or admitted in other courts within the United States and its territories and possessions by the attestation of the clerk and seal of the court annexed if a seal exists together with certificate of a judge of the court that the said attestation, attestation excuse me, is in proper form so the records and judicial proceedings the decisions the judicial decisions of any such state or copies thereof shall be admitted in the courts of the United States with proper attestation now listen to what you can do with those certified judicial proceedings and certified legislation paragraph 3 of 28 USC 1738 such acts records and judicial proceedings or copies thereof so authenticated shall have the same full faith and credit in every court within the United States and its territories and possessions as they have by law or usage in the courts of such state territory or possession from which they are taken so in any court of the United States state law if it's authenticated and has a state seal on it it shall be paid its full faith and credit as if it was in a state court well I have this gay marriage ban here under the state of Louisiana and federal court says oh we're gonna overturn that well how can you call that paying it full faith and credit when you're gonna overturn it it's the opposite of full faith and credit in a state court it has the full force of law but in federal court they overturn it I'll bet you in those cases where they overturned a gay marriage ban where they enforce marijuana laws against people that are in states that have legalized it I'll bet in none of those proceedings did the lawyers submit the state law with a proper seal on it for consideration by the US District Court because this law limits the district courts jurisdiction it cannot hear a controversy that seeks to overturn a state law isn't that something knowledge of the law did this for me ignorance of the law is your demise that's how that works IRS ignorance reaps slavery fascinating illegal revenue streams the motor vehicle code in your state likely has never been written to apply to any other vehicles than those used in transportation for hire and yet they enforce it against people that aren't using the roads as a business as a place of doing business an illegal revenue stream illegal revenue stream yeah 
I have to pay for a driver's license. I have to pay for registration. I have to pay for license plates. I have to uh, pay motor vehicle traffic fines. I have to pay a motor vehicle fuel excise tax, a motor vehicle tire excise tax. I have to pay for emissions testing. I have to pay for parking. All of this is directed at motor vehicles and not at automobiles. How many dollars are there in every state? They're stealing hundreds of millions of dollars in every state every year, if not billions. And I have to go to jail, drunk driving. What they should have charged you if you're not a, uh, if you're not engaged in transportation for hire, they should have charged you with negligence, not in the motor vehicle code. But they drag everything into the motor vehicle code to keep you in this system that they have. Annual license tabs. All these things, all these trappings of this extortion scheme. It's just racketeering and extortion. It's not because you use the zip code or any other of the good garbage out of the Patriot movement. It's simply that the motor vehicle code was written to address commercial use of the streets and it's never been broadened. That's all. Illegal revenue streams. Federal income tax. How did Section 83 of the tax code operate in your conclusion, I owe a tax on my paycheck? In the Internal Revenue Code, Social Security obviously does not apply to citizens of the United States, but they take it from you anyway. That's illegal. Which leaves just Chapter 1 of the tax code, and there is no citizen named as a subject, so they wrote a regulation that says citizens of the United States owe this tax. You can't do that with a regulation. So they're stealing Chapter 1 tax which is the graduated income tax and that includes capital gains section 1H so the Fed is stealing everything it gets through the IRS from individuals everything it gets from individuals is stolen where would we be had the federal government not stolen all that money all these decades where would we be had the states and the Fed the Fed collects motor vehicle fuel excise tax where would we be had the government not stolen all of that money? State income tax. The states have written, uh, only a couple states I've bumped into have uh, written their own tax code. Most of them, in large part, piggyback onto the Federal Internal Revenue Code to say, if you owe this much in uh, federal income tax, you owe a percentage of it as state tax, or use federal provisions to figure your state tax, or some kind of nexus and reliance upon the Federal Internal Revenue Code. Well, that makes Section 83 state law. How did Section 83 operate in your conclusion? I owe a South Dakota income tax, a Maine income tax, a, uh, a South Dakota income tax, a California income tax. They can't talk to you you got secret laws in each one of these states they won't talk about it because it adopts the federal standard or federal statutes as state law california code section 17081 says a certain subchapter of chapter one of the internal revenue code is adopted by reference well it's section 71 through 90 in there is section 83 section 83 is state law in california through 17081 they won't talk about it. Baker versus Commissioner, 1995. Ah, oh, this is just tax protester rhetoric we need not address. It's frivolous, and if we address it, people will think the arguments have merit. Excuse me, she said she was deprived of the provisions of Section 83. Well, it, we aren't even going to address it. Sure beats having to get in the middle of a statute, doesn't it? Security Bank of Minnesota versus Commissioner, 1993. Uh, I think it was the Sixth Circuit, maybe the Eighth Circuit. Appellate Court, Federal Appellate Court, says as judges, the parties have totally 
and vastly differing interpretations of the same statute. Our job is to get in the middle and figure out the statutory language. But when it comes to Section 83, tax court says, well, this is just tax protest rhetoric. We needn't give this argument any merit by even indulging it. So after 23 years of being assailed with the Section 83 claim, the government still can't even talk about it. Illegal revenue streams. Back to the main point. Where would we be globally had the federal government and state governments not stolen all of this money from us? Would your local podunk police department in a town with 30 or 40,000 people have these armored vehicles and M16s and uh, and tear gas grenade launchers? Would there be cops in everybody's lives? They wouldn't even be able to pull you over under the motor vehicle code. And yet, these police with very dangerous jobs, where innocent people end up dying all the time because, oh, it's a cop's job, I was just defending myself. Defending yourself, the guy was unarmed in a stairway. And you shot him? That cop, the cop that did that, was just sentenced on a manslaughter charge. Yeah, happens all the time. They were never even supposed to be in our lives. But this rampant misenforcement of the Motor Vehicle Code put them there. The Internal Revenue Service was never even supposed to be able to talk to you, but they wrote regulations to drag themselves into your lives. Where would we be if the federal government hadn't stolen all this money? Social Security has always been theft. It's never applied to Americans. What they use the money for? Aircraft carriers, Tomahawk missiles, uh, helicopters, rockets, depleted uranium ammunition. That's what. And so you got a patriot movement full of morons thinking they can actually win an argument with a, gov a government that is hell-bent on stealing from you till you can't feed your kids. You have to be real. You have to be realistic. And realistic means I'm not going to win an argument with the government. The best I can do is convince them, stay away from me. I know what the law says, so I know you're stealing. What were you thinking? You got no business talking to me. Get away from me. And in a traffic stop, you get in and out of that cop's presence as fast as you can get it. Just get away from it. Yes, sir. No, sir. Sign the ticket. Bye. And get out of their presence. They're paid to be stupid and they're proud of it. And you go to traffic court and you make your argument. You will lose because it's about money. You never win against a thief. They know they're racketeers. They've got the guns. You can only do what you can do. Choose your battles. Don't break the speed limit pay for all the trappings with the motor vehicle code and complain to your state legislature. It's all you can do. You're not going to win an argument with these people. Uh, there are ways you can attack tickets that are actually have a pretty good rate of return in dismissals. Uh, Ticket Slayer is one course that I've heard has a good success rate. <clears throat> but I, for one, don't make the argument over uh, traffic enforcement because I don't want a, a pissing match with the municipalities. They're just as crooked as the Fed. They all steal in their own way, but ignorance of the law uh, will only harm you. And so educate yourselves along the lines of code pleading. Code pleading is where it's at, because uh, the law has never been written to operate the way they say enforcement should be, period understand that and believe it get some confidence in the law and you'll create a distance between you and the government they don't like people that know the law and when you know enough about the law to get the judge in trouble like I do the judge will tell him I don't want him in my courtroom unless he's burglarizing homes and breaking arms leave him alone why because every time I come into court I write criminal complaints against the judge 
I'll get them violating court rules, overlooking something, and bingo, official misconduct. RCW, Revised Code of Washington, 9A.80.010. It's a gross misdemeanor. If a public servant engages in unauthorized conduct or fails to perform a duty imposed upon them by law to deprive somebody of a right or privilege. Maximum one year in jail and $5,000 fine. It's their home address. They live in that statute. They violate our rights all the time. If you don't know your rights, you don't know it's a crime. Well, I studied my rights. I studied why cases get dismissed. And so I push them in directions that require, require dismissal of the case. And when they don't dismiss, bingo. Criminal complaint against the judge. That's why they don't want me in their courts. I could tell for years that the instruction had come down. I didn't have to I, I drive without plates without registration, without insurance, without a driver's license. Everybody knew it. So, uh, once you know what I know, uh, I didn't get any respect from public servants until I started filing criminal complaints. And so I wrote a course on how to do it. A course that contains in Microsoft Word an abundance of federal and state examples of criminal complaints I've written for uh, clients and comes with uh, over 10 hours of audio instruction and a bunch of Microsoft Word documents actual criminal complaints filed in different states in different federal courts a wonderful course and of course I'm talking about the uh, materials available on wevgov.com now uh, Ignorance of the law, illegal revenue streams. Where would we be had the governments, municipal, state, and fed, where would we be if they had not stolen all of this money from us? So overall, this is a solution. Education about the law is a solution. It leads to less revenue for the government. Less illegal revenue. So, what happens when the government has less money? Oh, it's going to cause a government shutdown. Well, that's the one that always gets the, uh, the headlines. Oh, shut down the government. No, they only shut down 17% of the government when Congress leads to this over a budget dispute. 17%, but that's a government that's 17% smaller, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good thing. Less money leads to less government. And we know big government is the problem. So, knowing as I do, and as I've proven, in a way the government can't refute, and I've been up against the government's best attorneys, in brief, in memorandum, in motions, in court, they can't discuss the definition of citizen in tax code or 26 U.S.C. section 1402B, 3121E, 3306J, 42 U.S.C. 411B2, or section 211 of the original Social Security Act of 1935. They're all citizen of the possessions. They won't talk about it. And everybody gets distracted to argue in chapter 21, 3121E, definition of state and United States. Don't go there. Go to the definition of citizen. Because when you do, you find it in a bunch of places. And you argue the definition of citizen. This is on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com. And when I know that, I say, screw the Social Security Act. All of it. Nothing pertaining to Social Security should be mentioned to me, servant. Nothing in the motor vehicle code should be mentioned to me, servant. State income taxes. How did Section 83 operate in your conclusion I owe a tax on the value of my labor? You didn't consider Section 83? What are you doing talking to me? What were you thinking, servant? Can you hear the money 
I just deprived the government of getting from me using just the law. So overall, ignorance of the law equals big government. Knowledge of the law equals smaller government. How small? I don't know. You count the money they steal. I just know all of these are illegal revenue streams. That's all I'm here to say. Illegal revenue streams derived from our ignorance. The opposite side of that coin, if you study the law as it's written, and you can prove what I can prove, because you look at my arguments, you look at the results of my research, you go, you know, those dirty bastards are stealing from me. What were they thinking? I'll tell you what they were thinking. A bunch of bankers got together around a table and they said, let's steal from a whole nation that has a right to bear arms. It's a death wish. And so they said, what are we going to need? Well, we're going to need control of their money. So we need the Federal Reserve Act enacted. And we need uh, the senators, instead of being appointed by the state legislatures, we need the senators elected by a popular vote by all these farmers. And so we need the 17th Amendment. And we need the right to tax incomes. Under, and so we need the 16th Amendment. And so in 1913, Federal Reserve Act and the 16th and 17th Amendments. They're called progressives. And they truly believe they should steal from a nation of 330 plus million gun owners. They think they should steal from gun owners. That's the definition of death wish. And that's who's doing it. That's a progressive. Steal from this country and dominate the planet. Socialism oh, will control the country, will control commerce and control the people, uh, leading to communism. And you got Bernie Sanders. They'll do it with the law or they'll do it with executive orders, but they aren't hell bent on world domination. That's the progressives. The progressives are the globalists. Hillary Clinton says she's a democratic progressive or a progressive Democrat, one or the other. It doesn't make a difference, really. A progressive Democrat. So there you go. FDR, progressive. Woodrow Wilson, progressive. Obama, liar in chief. He goes where the money goes. And I'll bet you somewhere along the line, Iran told him, if you free up a bunch of the money on this nuke deal, uh, we'll give you a commission of 5%. 5% of all the money you free up in those assets that you seized, the, that America seized in the 70s, will give you 5% of it. Uh, what a, Uma Abedin, an Iranian, Hillary Clinton's left, uh, right-hand man, so to speak. Who's to say that Abedin didn't whisper in Hillary's ear my government will pay you $50 million to use a server it can hack. What should I tell them? You think Hillary didn't make a bunch of money by using a private server? It was so that other governments would know everything the State Department is doing. The U.S. State Department. So they could hack her server. There's money everywhere. Um, Eric Holder, you know, you bankers are in a lot of trouble. You sold fraudulent mortgage securities to everybody on the planet. You bankrupted entire municipalities in Norway and pension funds all over the planet with your fraudulent mortgage scheme. You're going to prison. Unless, of course, you're prepared to pay $2 billion into trust accounts and so by the bankers not going to prison, I'll bet you dollars to donuts, the president and the Eric Holder were enriched. By now, they might make Bill Gates look like a puppy in the wallet. Bill Gates might have one-fifth of the net worth of Eric Holder or Barack Obama. How much did the banks make off of all this? Like, 
a couple trillion and we got to pay two billion dollars in fines to stay out of prison ten billion in fines to stay out of prison we'll pay it <clears throat> and if if Obama wasn't making deals like this every politician in Illinois is laughing their ass off at Obama for not doing it Illinois is the heart of corruption and they all know how the game is played and they see their boy make it to the White House if he's not doing deals like this those people are laughing at him <clears throat> so uh, the president and his sycophants his minions uh, are all getting wealthy from this administration's proclivities toward corruption <clears throat> uh, there's nothing else really to even believe. You can't talk to me about notions to the contrary. So, uh, with all this money swirling around, believe it. John Kerry's hands are in it. Hillary's, Bill's, Michelle, Barack, Loretta Lynch, Eric Holder, the insiders in the White House, the Muslim Brotherhood members who are a czar of this committee or this other commission that the White House has set up, whatever. Uh, the information is all over. Uh, none of this is anything new. And you just see this and stand back and go, wow, wow, we pay for this? Yeah, not only do you pay it, you've never owed it. And they take it anyway and behave like they do. In a, you're lucky. In America, you've still got the remnants of the Constitution between you and the government. Overseas, there's no Constitution to restrain these people. Who the hell knows what they get away with in other countries? Who could fathom, who could possibly guess what they get away with in other countries? Abu Ghraib prison? Yeah, for starters. Depleted uranium ammunition. The horrific images of babies born in Iraq due to radiation poisoning. Uh, they come out of the womb looking like they've been baked in an oven, like they've been uh, pushed through a Play-Doh machine into a certain shape. The images will haunt your brain, your soul, to your dying day what our government does to babies with depleted uranium ammunition. And that's what happens when people don't have a constitution between them and our government. That's what they do with the money. So can you picture, let's see, I think it was uh, January, a year ago, the government announced this last quarter, we've collected more income tax in any quarter than ever before. Over a trillion dollars in a quarter in income taxes. I don't know if that included Social Security, but that's the kind of illegal revenue stream we're talking about. How, can you picture our federal government with three or four trillion less dollars per year? That's where we're supposed to be. The EPA would not exist. The Department of Homeland Security would not exist. Which, go down the list of committees that are the scourge of all Americans. Go down the list and tell me which committees would even exist under a government that has that little money to throw around. Well, we got $300 million we're giving to Israel, or we've got uh, $40 billion whatever to this country. We're going to bail out the European banks. Uh, $2.3 trillion missing from the uh, Pentagon budget. And what happens the next day? The offices at the Pentagon housing all the records and the staff that was investigating all the money the Pentagon's lost into thin air gets hit with a missile. 9-11-2001 magic this kind of money wouldn't even exist how do you lose 2.3 trillion dollars 
when you're making three or four trillion less per year as the federal government. Then go back to the Federal Reserve Act. None of this could happen if they didn't have the ability to print money out of thin air and con everybody in the world into thinking the US dollar is great, it should stay the reserve currency, and now everybody's running from it. Iran is going to sell its oil in euros so it won't even be on the petrodollar. China and Russia are going to make energy deals not in the US dollar. Where's our dollar when it's not pegged to oil deals? It's nowhere. It's nowhere in value. It happens to be everywhere. And because there are trillions of dollars everywhere, they're not worth very much. There's too many of them. So uh, look at what our ignorance of the law has gotten us. Even though every state probably has a, uh, well, we have it in the federal constitution, Article 1, Section 10, states shall only make gold and silver legal tender. No, we'll take Federal Reserve notes. Well, that'll screw you. You did it anyway. And so our ignorance, ignorant of the federal constitution, nobody says, can they do that? Yeah, they can, because of ignorance. Period. Just because of our ignorance. We're not willing to stand up for Article 1, Section 10. Funny little story. A guy in about 1999, maybe 2000, 2001, maybe, comes to me and he says, uh, Boy, I sure got the short end of the stick the other day. Uh, I was driving down the road, and... Uh, I got, there's this woman on the curb and, she, curb, and she flags me over, and I pull over, I roll down the window, and she goes, hey, this, that, and the other thing for $20, and he says, I forget you, and drives away, and she flagged him down for the vice squad, and he was charged with solicitation of a prostitute. He was arrested, and the police stole $1,200 from him, and he said he had to plead guilty just to stay out of jail, and he paid a fine. And I said, wow, my pen's not that sharp. This is a long time ago. Uh, it's not that sharp. You pled guilty. Uh, so I don't know if I really even have anything for you. Did you pay the fine? He says, yeah. I said, how much? He said, $292. I said, did you pay in cash? He said, yeah. I said, okay, I got an idea. And I briefed how the state is only allowed to accept gold and silver. And if that's the case... How is it not official misconduct, a crime, for the courts to accept Federal Reserve notes in payment of a fine? Did they engage in official misconduct? Did they commit extortion against him? I asked all of these questions after briefing it in a petition for a writ of precipice, a petition for instruction about an existing judgment. And he filed this uh, petition for a writ of precipice in the court saying, you know, are you involved in a bunch of crimes against me? Did you involve me in crime by accepting Federal Reserve notes? And they sent him a notice saying, uh, you violated your probation. You're under a SOAP order, S-O-A-P, stay out of areas of prostitution order, and you were seen in that area. Get in here, we're going to revoke your probation. And so uh, he filed a uh, notice and demand for a, uh, an attorney to represent him at the hearing. And he gets to the hearing, and I coached him on what to say, and, and the judge tells him, well, you know, uh, you're seen in a soap area. What about that? He says, hold it right there. I don't see an attorney here. I asked for an attorney. And secondly, I demand a hearing on my petition for a writ of precipice. And the judge looks down at the papers and thumbs through a couple of pages, looks frustrated and goes, this issue is dismissed. And so this man walks out of the courthouse and he says, hold it. This issue is dismissed or this case is dismissed. And he goes back into the courtroom. They're talking to another defendant and he leans over to the clerk and he says, is this issue dismissed or is this case dismissed? And the judge says, what, you want it in writing? Yeah, sure. So the judge grabs a form in triplicate and writes out an order vacating the conviction and throws it at him. Get out of my courtroom. The judge ran away from a conviction, a guilty plea, 
on solicitation of a prostitute rather than talk about whether or not it was a crime to accept anything other than gold or silver. So without even asking the court to vacate the conviction, just ask him, did you commit a bunch of crimes when you accepted Federal Reserve notes from me? Did you involve me in those crimes? Rather than talk about it, vacate the conviction. That's a confirmed kill. That's one of the biggest feathers in my cap out of all my experience. Just writing an inquiry. Are you a criminal? <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about it. Vacate the conviction. <laughs> knowledge of the law he didn't he didn't get his money back but it was such a toxic or caustic inquiry that the court basically got cramps and uh, and ejected the controversy by vacating a conviction on a uh, solicitation of a prostitution charge knowledge of the law pays dividends so uh, there's the contrast. And again, for uh, latecomers on the call, today's call is about how ignorance of the law has screwed Americans to degrees I can't describe because uh, it's led to illegal revenue streams such as the Motor Vehicle Code, Social Security, the Chapter 1 income tax, state income taxes, all of these are illegal. They aren't taxes at all. Taxes are imposed by law, and the law does not operate to impose these amounts. If you want to cure some of this ignorance, you start with the materials I offer on wevgov.com. I sell those because they're the quickest route to understanding how government is misbehaving. I have a couple things directed at getting cases dismissed, but in largest part, the materials are directed toward educating you as to why you should protest what's happening. It's one thing to protest. It's not wrong, but it's one thing to protest. It's another uh, thing altogether to have an allegation that you broke the law to screw me, servant. What were you thinking? That's the person I create with my materials. I create monsters. Uh, monsters like me. And uh, let me remind you at this juncture, Lewis Ewing and I were both created by Kurt Riggin. K-U-R-T-R-I-G-G-I-N. Kurt Riggin is the original warrior knows ten times more about code pleading than I do. And he created, Lewis Ewing and I, and this confidence in the law. When you know the law's on your side, pound on it, like you got the legislature right behind you. You stand on it and pound on it. And you don't back down. And that's the key, is learning the law first, You'll gain confidence in it. You'll watch the government run from it. It's going to give you more confidence. Learn to articulate it. Learn to frame your argument. And then, you know, most states have a ballot, or a, um, a referendum process. I think it's defunct now. I'm looking for a particular website. Uh, let's see. Ballot.org. Ballot. B A L L O T. Ballot.org is all about ballots in the 50 states, or uh, uh, referendums and uh, initiatives in the 50 states. And uh, you might even start initiatives. And when you see, an, when they see an initiative uh, headed for the state ballot, Hey, I want to stop this illegal revenue stream. The motor vehicle code's never been legal. And get a push for a ballot measure. What would a state like California do? Those public servants would go into full-on beast, beast mode if they saw an initiative headed for the ballot saying, 
Uh, we, the people of the state, hereby declare that using the street for purposes other than for making uh, revenue from business activities is a right and not a privilege granted by the state. What would happen? I mean, you want to see public servants with, uh, with their laundry in a wad uh, try to uh, curb some of these illegal revenue streams with state initiatives. A state initiative prohibiting these cars that drive themselves. Well, if they can drive themselves, they're going to report to the Department of Revenue or Department of Licensing every time you broke the speed limit. Whether or not you had insurance. They're going to tattle on you for everything you do in your car. Well, the machine in your car smelled marijuana. And so we shut off your car with this little passcode that we type into our computer system. So you can't have cars that drive themselves. Don't do it. And uh, facial recognition software. Body language recognition software. Prohibit its use by all state uh, government, your state government, and all municipalities. Can't do much about the Fed because Congress is in charge. But you can sure keep your municipal and state employees from touching a whole bunch of these genies they're just letting out of the bottle. Well, if it's a genie you don't want out of the bottle, order them through initiatives to put it back on the shelf and leave it there. You can look at it, but you can't use it. Drones prohibited without a warrant. Boy, that would be a great step, wouldn't it? You won't be flying a drone over my backyard to see what I'm doing. There's so much you can do through the initiative process also, which doesn't require a vast knowledge of the law. You just need a bunch of support from others, financial support. It's going to cost a quarter million to a half a million to get something on the ballot. And then you got all the advertising you have to buy thereafter and all the battles you have to wage against the state. People here in Washington saw the gun control law go on the record uh, that made you tell the government every time that you merely wanted to give a gun away to a relative as a gift uh, if you wanted to sell a single gun to somebody else and a bunch of people in Washington showed up at the state capitol and exchanged guns right there on the spot without reporting them as a protest right on but there's a lot you can do the bottom line for this episode of No Confidence is you gotta start doing it you can't just tune into talk show every week and uh, and listen to Dave or Chris or somebody else you have to engage find a cause and get behind it and choose some competent people the Patriot movement is not those people period you run from the Patriot movement run from the anti-tax movement uh, I sparred for about a week with this moron that said well you have a social security card so you owe the tax well, how did Section 83 operate in your conclusion, I owe a tax? How is it that the Supreme Court says over and over and over again, a tax has to be imposed by clear language or the taxpayer wins? They're talking about statutory language. We're supposed to believe you that it's imposed by a Social Security card when the Supreme Court says it's imposed by law? Get away from me. That's the anti-tax movement. It's the ignorance of the law school and they will keep you ignorant of the law. When I tune into other shows and I listen to the questions being asked, really, where have you people been all these years? You've been locked in the movement and learned nothing. I can tell from their questions that they're still stumbling around through the Internal Revenue Code if they even bothered to, uh, uh, to open it. When you learn from me, you'll learn key arguments if you learn just two arguments, you basically slayed the uh, United States Internal Revenue Service and state income tax. Learn three or four arguments. And you'll be walking pestilence to government that steals from you. Learn your motor vehicle code and the basis for it. Go back to 1905 and start looking in your state's laws for the first motor vehicle code and you'll find very restrictive statutes 
that limit the scope of the motor vehicle code to those engaged in commerce on the streets for hire. And it's never been broadened beyond that to include automobiles or travelers. It's all motor vehicle. And the first motor vehicles were big trucks with big electric motors and even bigger batteries that were used to deliver goods and they were so heavy their tires would screw up the streets. And so they decided to regulate these. And then some deviate or a team of deviates, I think it's a flock of deviates you call it, they got together and they said, let's steal from a country full of gun owners by misapplying the motor vehicle code to everybody. And so now in school, they'll teach your children, oh, you're a boy now, but you could be a girl. Just think about it. But they won't teach your children about their rights or about the law. Uh, something's wrong. And if you don't act now, kiss it goodbye. Uh, regardless of who the Republican is that runs against the uh, Democrats, you got to vote Republican across the board. Uh, it's further from tragedy than the Democrats are. And it's pretty sad to say that. But uh, it's true. And uh, don't waste your vote by not voting. Get to the voting booth, vote Republican. Because when we've already seen what a Democratic Congress does with a Democrat gov uh, president. Now we want to see what a Republican Congress will do with a Republican president. And that's the opportunity we got uh, coming up next November. My name is David Merlin. This has been No Confidence on February 13th, 2016. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you on the next episode. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did have sexual relations with a horse. I say good show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.